You're listening to TNM Coaching Unplugged. TNM Unplugged features the diverse perspectives of a thriving global community of coaches, leaders, and experts. And it's all for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TNM Coaching Unplugged and Zoran Todorovic Interconnected Podcast, the space when you elevate your hearts, you elevate your minds, and you elevate your soul to the next level of itself, the space of the juicy personal development conversations. And today we have a beautiful friend, collaborator, and colleague joining us. She's one of these raising stars, you know what I mean? I'm following her career with a great interest. And then she publishes the book and then she's on the TV and then she's in the newspaper. Then she writes an interesting blog. And I always get inspired by Rike Ostergaard, who is a Danish psychologist, sociologist, sorry, keynote speaker, advisor, and author. She specializes in the field of leadership development mind training, and job satisfaction. So even though we're going to be talking about the broader topics today, some of this conversation might be relevant to people who are leaders, people in organizations, but also all people, all human beings. Rike, she's the first corporate sociologist in Denmark and differentiates herself by having unique perspective and a 360-degree view on the business, on societal structure, social psychology, and neurosociology. Wow, those are this. All the sociologists are in there. She's also an author of the first Danish book on gratitude, which I really, really love because you know how much we love gratitude on this podcast. We talked about gratitude a lot. But she also looks into gratitude as the invaluable tool to, again, stress reductions and also a tool that helps us create a healthy work environment and strengthen our social relationships. She's also writing her new book. And today we're going to be talking about that as well. We're going to be talking about emotions. And I think that we are now recording just before New Year's and before Christmas, this is going to be released immediately in the new year. But this topic of the emotions, emotional pollution, acupressures of the emotions. So let's dive into that. Let's kind of play with the landscape of emotion. Rike, welcome. Thank you so much, Soren. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, it's so lovely that you and I connect here and we can chat about different emotional issues. So tell me about this new book that you're preparing, because in our preparation, we started talking about the emotions. And I think that will be a good moment, good space to start from. Yes, it's already published in Danish. However, it's not out in English yet, but I hope it will come out in English here the first quarter or second quarter in 2022. And it's basically, in Danish, it looks like this. And it's basically, you can see it's a balloon here where all the energy has like left the balloon. So it's flat. And it's basically what happens to us human beings when sometimes we can enter a room full of energy and something happens or someone happens and we don't really realize what's happening. But when we leave the room, we feel completely drained or empty. You know, it's, and I found that it's extremely interesting, especially when we talk the workforce, but also families and friendships. Like, are you gaining energy when you're with your friends or do you feel drained afterwards? Um, and, and it's not like it's always either or. It's like emotions are so interesting. And I think... That's why we don't have much on them, actually. Like, this is the first book in, 
in Denmark, definitely on emotions in labor, like the workforce, how you use it at a job. But it's also, it's really hard to talk about because, for example, when we talk about stress, we mm. always talk about that we have too much to do. There's too many things on my plate, we say. But as I see it, as from a sociological point of view, I see that it's often, a lot more often, that it's simply the work environment who is, which is drained emotionally. Mm. So I think us human beings are capable of being super busy. And having a lot on our plates, as long as it's in a good vibe and we're happy. But as soon as someone starts nagging on you or uh, complaining all the time, and then then it can be like, you know, like blue. The energy just goes out. And you don't really know what happens, but suddenly you actually feel that you're not just losing energy, but you're getting sick from stress. Because if you're in this work environment for too long, and this also happens at home. And then I, I'm very inspired by um, two scientists, or uh, Nicholas Christiakis and James Fowler. Nicholas Christiakis is from Howard, and he's, he's like really done a lot of research on how contagious emotions are mm. and how, how much we contaminate each other in like three layers. So mm-hmm. it's a third degree contamination, he calls it. Uh, but it's actually the same as with Corona. Mm. Uh, we see they're talking about that it's very contaminating in like, so if you're, if you meet your sister today and her husband's colleague had Corona, there's actually a chance that you can get it. But it's the same with happiness and stress or unhappiness. It's 9% chance that you'll get it if you meet someone today They've been in contact with someone that's been in contact with someone that had these strong emotions. And I find that super interesting. So we can actually increase our own happiness uh, and increase each other's with being aware about this, how contaminating we are. And we need to raise each other, you know. So raise that vibration. And I always said, you know, in the workplace environment, that the leader, for example, is the one who sets the emotional tone, you know, the leader, mm-hmm. that's the vibe, you know, or all of us within the organization, we can set that vibe so that we can feel good or we feel bad. And I think the emotional issues at work are so important. And you're absolutely right. Not so many people are still talking about it because they're invisible, intangible, you know, and then we keep it to ourselves and we yeah. don't express here is how I feel my husband annoyed me this morning I really woke up feeling irritated and then I came into my work office space and I'm still carrying that same emotion with me and I'm transferring that onto somebody else right yes exactly and the most interesting part is actually we're not aware about it so so you might have been sleeping very badly this Mm -hmm. night and you had an argument with your husband uh, last night and you still carry this emotion, as you say, but you're not aware about that. You're actually bringing it into the new setting with new people. Mm-hmm. And now you are spreading it onto them unconsciously. So that's why we have to raise our consciousness mm-hmm. to be, be aware about this, to also change the energy. As you say, the leaders are the, like the, they're the leader of the group and, and they are contaminating, but that it gets maximized with minimum four. So if I'm the leader in the group, 
my emotions are much more contaminated than the rest of the group because I'm the herd leader. So, uh, so you have to be very aware about it. And it's the same. Uh, the leader in the family is the mom and dad. Uh, yeah. In in can also be in other different settings. For example, a school teacher is the leader in the classroom. So they are much more contaminating their emotions. The students will look much more to how the teacher's emotions are. As in the family, the children just copy the parents' emotions. So if you think they're in a bad mood, you have to look at yourself and think, how is my mood? You know, is it actually, are they just mirroring my mood? Yeah. Children are like small mirrors, you know. And because there's also something about us synchronizing our emotions. I mean, if somebody is perceived as a leader of the pack and he or she is carrying that emotional point, emotional voice, vibration, basically, we tend to harmonize. Mm. It all depends to what degree we are harmonizing. But I love this uh, new language that you're bringing, which is the emotional pollution. I never thought, personally, I never thought about this that way. And when you told me about it, I was like, this is a good language because it's, strong enough to make us feel aware right because if you don't yeah. use it like that we will never be aware of this is actually emotional pollution isn't it yeah it's like the climate you know it's like i, I explain emotional pollution as if you if you have a ship everyone can understand this if you have a ship on on the sea and it's full of oil it's all tank ship mm-hmm. and then the, there comes a little hole in the ship and somebody doesn't see it, you know, there's a lot of people that would pass through and they're just too busy and they don't see the hole. Then someone would pass and say, oh, there's a hole, there's oil going out in the sea. But they're like, that's not my responsibility. I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not going to fix it. So they will also pass. And then there will be someone noticing it and thinking we have to get that fixed, but I don't have time right now. So they will also pass. And then it happens that the oil is slowly by slowly, like getting out into the ocean. And, and then when you realize you have to get the hole fixed, it might be too late because it's polluted. You know, it's like, it, it's not too late, but it's a huge job to fix it when the pollution has first happened. Mm-hmm. So in my book, I work with two, lang- like two uh, different ways of looking at the emotions. It's, Emotional hijacking is when you feel hijacked in the moment, like I was in a good mood, and then suddenly you said something to me that hijacked my emotions. Can be like feeling of unfairness or that you are like talking down to me. So I felt like some arrogance, and that really hijacked me emotionally. Uh, But that's not pollution yet. The pollution first happens when we leave the room. And I keep thinking about it and I keep talking perhaps with other people, I mean, not, not with you. I talk, you know, with all this, like we, we talk with the people uh, behind and around, but we never actually talk to the one person that did this to us or so we can fix the problem. And then the pollution starts. Then it starts going. So that you can say, what do you do then? The only way you can stop the pollution is actually talking to the person. Or, or thinking it could have happened on the street and it's a person you don't know and you will never see them again. Then you might have to say to yourself when you raise your 
awareness and say, I don't even know the person. And there's a great, great chance, actually 99% chance that what he said to me had nothing to do with me. So when people are insulting each other or, or saying bad stuff to each other, normally it has nothing to do with the person actually calling things. It's something that they got contaminated by someone. That's what I love about the theory when you go into the science about how contaminating emotions are in many layers. is like, so that also shows us that the people you meet, they're putting their emotions onto you. So like very simple, if you went into a room and somebody was sitting like this and looking at you, you'll be like, what yeah. have I done to you? Yeah, exactly. But the theory is saying, you haven't done anything to this person because this person is in this mood. And in, I had, I had a student the other day. I was a, I had a big leadership course here in Copenhagen and they're all paid to get on this course. Uh, it's like, uh, it was quite a lot of money. It was like 450 euros each. Uh, and, and there were 80 people in the room. And then one of them, she comes in and she was so, like, she seemed so angry. And she sat down like this and she was looking at me. And I was like, oh my God, you know, there's uh, one person in the room that don't want to be here. Uh, and it was so funny because I, I really got caught in this myself. And I thought, I bet she doesn't like me or what I have to teach her now. She was even rolling her eyes when I asked them to think about a topic. Um, but then when we had a break, she comes up to me in the break and she wants to buy my books. And I was like, that doesn't go together. You know, she was sitting at me like this and now she wants to buy my books. And she says, I just find this so amazing. And I really need it right now because I'm really caught in my emotions for some private stuff. Uh, so I really need to be here right now, she said. And it was like, so, so interesting. Therefore, the first hour of the day, I thought that this has something to do with me and my teaching, but had, it was absolutely nothing to do with me. It had something to do that she was in her mind sitting and thinking of something completely different that has nothing to do with what we were having there. But she said she actually really needed this right now. And so she was emotionally hijacked there. But it would only become an emotional pollution if she hadn't told me. And the whole day would be like, I would start going like, why is she here? Why doesn't she just go and, you know, and start talking to other people about like that woman over there is a bit weird. And then the, the pollution would start and would pollute the room if, if you understand. The, so I, I love that word of hijack. You can be like high-tech completely. Like, oh, Exactly. You're bringing the new language. And this is what I love about this conversation because when we talk about emotional intelligence, there's a lot of out, out there, but it's not this practical and this specific because we all have been in these situations when somebody hijacks our emotions, right? I know this really, really well. But for example, I'm empath, and I have this big ability to empathize and to feel other people. So that's my gift, right? But with that yes. gift, what comes is that you can over-empathize and that you can be easily hijacked and moved into somebody else's emotional space unless you know how to put certain practices in place and understand what is mine and what is yours and how to distinguish between those two. Uh, exactly. 
economics, right? As uh, it's actually really good. We talk a lot about like sensitive people in Denmark, but if you're super sensitive and you can, then you can spot the pollution before anyone else. And mm. really need these people to tell us, like this. I'm also one of them, so it's not by coincidence. I'm really interested in this topic because I really sense all the emotions going on in the room. But when I was younger, it it kind of sometimes hijacked me because I got like swollen into the emotions. Where today I'm the observer, and but I also see it as a great gift because I really need to be aware. And perhaps being one of the first saying, we need to change the energy right now because this is not good. What's happening right now? Or is this? Do we need this? Or do? It's actually really good when you work with in emotions. You can be hundred percent sure that people around you, everyone just wants to live a good life. Everyone basically just wants to be happy. So nobody wants to have this pollution. Everyone is going like, if you are the first one or the brave one to say, I find this a bit polluted in here, if you know what you're talking about. It's like, what's happening? People will be like, whoa, could you, could you saw it? Yes, that's you're absolutely right. You need to change that because nobody wants that. We all want to fix the problems and have a happier and, and better life. You know? Exactly. So, and you're more grateful life. Grateful for life. And you mentioned something wonderful here as well, courageousness, right? Having a courage to notice, observe, to raise the hand and say, I'm feeling like this. Here is what I'm observing without blaming people, you know, for the situation. But it requires a little bit of courage. And this is the reason why I love when we bring the new language to people and say, you can do this, right? If you are super sensitive, if you can observe the dynamics in the room, then you can voice it, you can language it, and then everybody else will really, really be grateful for that. Because guess what? Everybody else is feeling it too, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. It could be a, a, a very simple example is that we're sitting and complaining a lot about things we couldn't, we can't do anything about anyway. It could be Corona. So we're sitting and complaining and complaining and all right. And, and then... One raises his hand and says, hey, but we can't do anything about this. Shouldn't we change the subject or shouldn't we change the atmosphere? Because this is just getting us down. And and most people would be, you're absolutely right. It's right. We, we'll be complaining about the weather. It's raining outside. Yeah, but it is raining. And in some countries, they would be happy for rain, you know, <laughs> but we're not. But let's talk about something else if we don't like rain. I mean, we could choose, do I want to go outside or do I want to stay inside? You know, then I can be grateful if I can just stay inside or I can be grateful for having an umbrella or, but just change the awareness and there's no, it's stupid to letting it drain me. You know, it's, and it's actually, um, it's actually very interesting when you go into the brain science of emotional hijacking and like if you get hijacked, um, in your emotional life, in your daily life, I'll just show you a little uh, a little drawing I have in my book. But then it it kind of it hijacks your crocodile brain, and your crocodile brain will make. You can see this uh, little picture here. You have the the reptile brain, yes. and when when we get emotional hijack, we go down to the reptile brain, 
and then it closes down for the neocortex and the limbic system. The limbic system is our emotional intelligence, mm. our social intelligence, and the neocortex is our IQ and our awareness about like I'm not behaving like this normally. I'm a clever human being. I'm behaving like this and this, uh, but that actually closes down. So. What happens is that if we are caught in our emotions, we become selfish, we become stupid because this is closed down, and we become, we have a low emotional intelligence. So suddenly I can't, I, I don't see that people around me are scared or sad. I'm just like an, an elephant going, you know, because I'm trying to save my own life. And that's what I find so funny in our today's society. And many people run around and behave like if they're in life-threatening danger all the time. So they become actually a stupid version of themselves and uh, a social un unintelligent version of themselves. So and, and everyone wants to be the best version of themselves. Nobody wants to be the, the worst version of themselves. But when we stress ourselves with irrelevant things, then we become a really bad person of ourselves. Right. So, so it's not only about being aware about uh, the emotions I'm getting contaminated by, but it's also being aware not to fill my life with stressful things that are not useful. You know, like could be stressing too much about what to wear in the morning. You know, that's it, um, like the Mike Zuckerberg and, and Barack Obama and Steve Jobs said that they had to use their head during the day in making really big decisions. So they couldn't start stressing their brain in the morning with thinking about what to wear. So they all just wear the same, you know. Uh, Barack Obama wears two different types of suits. He switches every day, but, yeah. but it's just a way of thinking what actually drains my energy and what gives me energy. I start thinking about in life, do I waste too much energy in boring or too much energy in not being able to find my things or, and then clean it up, like mentally clean it up so you can have, so you don't stress too much because that actually, that can easily hijack that reptile part of the brain. Yeah. And then you close up and then neurologically, you're not able to be that best possible version of yourself. So yes. So as we kind of coming towards the end of this recording, when it comes to the practical practicalities, you know, how can we be more aware of emotional hijacking to start with and then emotional pollution that we spread ourselves, so to say? And what can we do about it? You know, just kind of small steps, you know, for the audience to kind of begin thinking, that's a great concept. I understand exactly what you're talking about. But you always people ask, but how do I do this, right? Yes. So the say? hijacking part is both very easy and very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. But the first part has to start, you have to start looking at what kind of situations can hijack you. You cannot prevent yourself from being hijacked if somebody is... Uh, on the street is driving into you and you know but situation is like we all have the situations that we meet sometimes several times a week or every day the hijackers it could be like a, a silly thing I found that is many businesses in Denmark they have a dishwashing machine 
And then we have this group of people that always put their cup in the dishwashing machine. And then there's this group of people that just place it on the table and think that's a miracle. It always just get washed up by itself, you know, that they're optimistic people, you know. But the people putting the cup into the dishwashing and also taking the colleague's cup, they start getting high-tech by it because they're like, do you think I'm your servant? You know, so, and then I'm like, when we look at it, it's completely irrelevant emotions to use in just a cup in a dishwashing machine. So you have to do something about it. Mm. Either talk about it on greater level, make a, a rule for that's how it is, but I also tell them who gets hijacked, just leave the other cup. Don't do it. You know, just take your own cup and just walk on, you know. But it could also be people running late, people forgetting a point, and like, and you think, I would never do that because I do it with respect for other people. I'd be on time. But you cannot make a conclusion that other people is disrespectful because they're not on time. But you can tell them that it's really important to me that if we have a meeting, you're on time, you know. Um, and you can choose if you want to wait for them or if you just want to leave if they're, they're not on time. But we have to look at all our values as a human beings also has a, a dark side. Mm-hmm. So if I value, I think a good human beings is a good listener. I can get hijacked by people who, who don't listen, who interrupt. So you have to look at what is actually, what kind of personalities or, or things can hijack me in my daily life. And then take 100% responsibility for that. That's just because I see it as a great value but I cannot assume that other people see it as a great value as well. Mm-hmm. They might see it another value in if they run late, at least they're in a good mood when they show up. I mean, or so, but in basically in corporate life, we need to talk about it. How do we like behave? Do we, is it a great value that we have to be on time? And then how do we succeed with that? Or, but not wasting energy on, getting hijacked. Mm-hmm. You also easily get hijacked. So if you look at when do I get hijacked, you easily get hijacked when you're low on energy. And that's probably in the afternoon or the evening where you come home from work mm-hmm. and you used all your energy at work. That's not how it's supposed to be. You shouldn't use all your energy at work. You should just do stay balanced. But let's say that you did use all your energy. And then you come home and then someone is complaining that you forgot to take the, to empty the garbage can in the morning or, you know, ah, you forgot to. And then, and then you go straight to the reptile brain and you think, why did I get so angry for just that? But that's because that you were, you were stressed or you had, you were low on energy. So you have to be aware if you're low on energy, be aware that you easily get hijacked. So you, you have to spread your energy and you have to be also in, in having time enough, you know, get up 10 minutes early in the morning and start finding something to feel grateful for. Because if you practice gratefulness, that's why I love gratefulness or thankfulness. If you practice that, your, your brain is in balance. So these three parts I showed before, they're actually in balance. And then and then it's a lot harder to hijack you. Mm-hmm. If you think about 
uh, three things or 10 things I'm grateful for today before I enter my workplace. I'm just in the car on my way to work. I'm thinking about today I'm grateful for. I'm sitting and finding funny things to be grateful for. Then when you enter the workplace, you are one in 100% balance, but you're also a lot stronger emotionally if somebody can't just hijack you because you're in balance, you know. So you'll be, I always say, the strongest energy wins. So you, if you're in balance and you are aware about I'm choosing to be grateful, then you'll be the hurt leader. People want to follow you. People always want to follow the good feeling, but, but easily get hijacked on the bad feeling. So if they see someone entering the room and being really strong in a grateful or happy feeling, they would love to follow you. So you're really doing the best gift you can give other people here for Christmas or for New Year to spread. If you say, I have this surplus energy. I'm like, uh, today, I think I will spread smiles and I'll spread gratefulness and people will be so happy for it. And then they'll, they, that's contagious. So they will spread it on as well. So everyone starts spreading it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So mindfulness, awareness, gratitude. So, so to make it very simple. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying to make it very simple. It's like being aware from the moment you wake up in the morning to start the day with saying, instead of, oh, no, I have to do all this and I have to do this, thinking, just start deciding, what do I want to be grateful for today? Oh, you can just be, I'm going out for a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, you know, and that, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for, you might have had a good night's sleep. If you didn't, find something else to be grateful for. You can always find, you know, things to be, simple things to be grateful for. Beautiful. And then you start creating that balance. Exactly. And I love that you're creating that balance that that balance makes you strong and less susceptible towards, you know, being emotionally hijacked or polluted. And then you can be the one who is spreading the positive, wonderful vibes and take that leadership because people love positivity. As you said, we are hijacked easily into negativity. But actually, one of the beautiful things you also shared, we all love to have a great life. And we all love to stay in this positive, lovely energy. That's actually a natural state. It's unnatural to be high to negativity and spread worry, concerns, anxiety, whatever we're spreading right now. And I think taking this ownership and responsibility on knowing that your emotional state is impacting other people. The beautiful thing that you shared with the three brains and how when you close up the higher brain, we stupidify ourselves and then we're not even aware that we are you know, impacting other people. I think that's that's an amazing thing, just to raise that awareness and ownership mm. that we are the ones who are actually impacting people with our presence, with our energy, with our emotions on a daily basis, and we can take responsibility for it. And I think the beautiful thing is when you start practicing that, the more you give, the more you get. The more mm-hmm. other people will hold you in this positive regard because they would feel good in your company and they would love to be either your friend or led by you or... They would love to be a lover or a partner because simply they feel good with the energy that you're sharing through your emotions. Beautiful work. Beautiful work. Exactly. If I can just hear in the end, I just show you, I have like this quote. I didn't write the quote, but the quote is like feelings are much like waves. We can't stop them from coming, but we can choose which ones to serve. It's like 
that we people tend to believe in our emotions way too much. But instead, like the Buddhist or in meditation, you, you just are the observer of the emotion. And you can find it interesting saying, that's interesting. Why do I have that emotion right now? But that distance yourself a bit from the emotion so the emotion is not controlling you. And then you can also transform the emotion. And thinking, so why did I get that emotion? And did, do I want to feel something different? Yeah. And you can start thinking differently. Emotions always comes from what you've been thinking, the way of thinking about things. So, so I like it's like a surfing or, or dancing with emotions, but not believing so strongly in them, just being the observer. And then it starts becoming really funny because then other people can't have power over you emotionally. If you, don't, if you just see the emotions and what's happening, but you don't believe it to be as true as, as, as it feels in the moment. Does it make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% with you. Serve the emotion. Don't identify it too much. It's a beautiful quote. Rike, thank you so much for being part of our podcast today. I know that you have elevated our my heart, at least, and my emotions to the next level of itself. So, you know, as soon as the book is out of the English, please let us know so we can publicize this on our channels. We also have a good listeners and followership in Scandinavia. So people in Denmark who are listening to this, please go into the description of the podcast. We're going to link to Ulrike's websites and her social media so that you can order this book. It's a wonderful gift to the new year. It's an amazing book at this moment in time, at this situation, you know, globally, because we all need to learn how to relate and manage our emotions in the most beautiful way and how to spread this positive energy to other people. Thank you so much, Ricky, for being the guest today. Thank you for having me. Love, lots of love. And we'll see each other soon in the new podcast. Enjoy. Thank you so much for coming and listening for this wonderful podcast. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you.